you're bipolar. The two of us arrived at what seemed logical. What, what I'm gathering is I, I might end up taking more risks than you, you do because you normally look at what the problems and the issues that can come up and what can actually block you. And I talked to my daughter there like about 20 minutes ago and she was saying, I was going to, this is the middle of summer. She's going, I was going to study now. Should, should I be studying and preparing for that? And I said, no. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. So as, so as somebody that works in media, uh, quite a lot of the journey that I've gone on has been directing other people's video productions in some form or fashion. But I'm also getting into, at the moment, this sense of how do you not direct somebody and allow them to find out what their particular journey and their particular path is? And this is part of the mentoring and coaching and potentially counselling idea that we're getting into. And as a, as a, as a lecturer, I would have been uh, dealing with a lot of students and we would have been student-centred. So the students would often come to me and ask for me to give them the answers. And I would have to say, well, that's not important. What I need to know, what you need to know is what do you want to do? How do you want to pursue things and find their own way? So I think today's topic is really about how do you, as a mentor or a coach, encourage people to discover themselves what their journey actually is? Have you been on something like that, Gavin? As you know it, me, I'm never going to answer the question asked because I was listening, I know it's a rare occasion, to a little bit of what you were saying and what popped I, I go what pops into my head and I'm really answering the question that wasn't asked. And... What resonated immediately with, with uh, the language of starting with the answer. The answer is 42. That was the answer to the, the whole journey of Douglas Adams, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and all the rest of it. And then they realised the problem was nobody knew the question to what the answer was. Is it six times seven, seven times six, 42 times one? Is it, is it the, the, the address at a house that someone lives in? We don't actually know. We, now, we could target the answer and work backward and go, I know what success looks like now. I'm, I'm dressed up in all these flashy clothes. I have three houses, I have a big car. I, I'm draped in models. And I go, that's my aspiration, my dream. That's what my answer might look like. And the question is, how the hell do I get there? What do I have to do within my lifetime to achieve this, set of, this answer? So what are my set of questions for that answer? Because it gives a new set of questions. Now, a little bit of what I heard also was the journey from uh, directed to self-directed. So you as a mentor coach would be going, you've got to do a bunch of stuff. You've got to do something to arrive there. If you want that, you've got to stop doing what you're currently doing because you're not going to get it based on that. And you've got to do something else. We don't know what the something else is, but how big that dream is and the measure of what you call it will then in business language go, if I want a million euro and I've got an average 10 grand customer, I've got to find you know 100 of them in this next lifetime to maybe get that sort of money. So forgetting the figures, it's what will lead to what my, ans my answers I now, uh, the, uh, I now want and what questions should I be asking myself of where I am now that will lead me or start leading us on that journey because I better direct myself on, by asking better questions and start targeting and start carrying out different actions to get there. I hope that's some sort I think, of answer I think so, yeah. to that question. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, you're talking about how to direct yourself so that you can find out where you want to go. 
And, I, and, and quite often, one of the problems is that I, I, I know I've heard from other family members and other colleagues is that they'll kind of go, I could do this, this, and this, and then I could go and do this, 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 and the other thing. And what do you think I should do? And you kind of go, well, you need to discover that yourself. What's wrong with the first idea and what's wrong with the other idea? And start to weigh up and do some kind of critical analysis without actually going into that kind of terminology. Basically, what you're trying to do is to get the person to think about, well, what's wrong with going on the journey that you're now on? What's What, what are the risks? Because that's another thing that would be quite interesting from your perspective of how to deal with risk. I think from what, what I'm gathering is I, I might end up taking more risks than you, you do because you normally look at what the problems and the issues that can come up and what can actually block you and stop you. And you need to somehow you know, adjust things so that that's no, all I, ne I need to stop doing that because before yes. it was, we just put a little, probably put a promo up five minutes ago, which was for one of our earlier shows. And it was the subtle art of not giving a, and we can say it, you can say, F, well, I'm not going to say it because we don't know if it's a family friendly show, but it's, you know, the word it's don't give a damn, don't give a feck, don't give and stop over analyzing stop over criticizing stop t measuring the risk too early because it depending on which one you measure in what order it could stop you dead and you won't you're, you're back to bunny rabbit in the headlights i continuously i'm nearly seeking out the risk in order to put that in front of me to start to have my excuse for not moving forward i'm i think we're both starting to go Stop, if you can make a, a fear for a growth decision or a negative or positive sort of waiting, let's put the emphasis on finding the positive first. Let's put the emphasis on having the courage first. We know fear exists and we know there's a negative for every risk. There's a risk for every positive. There's a negative for every positive. There's going to be fear out there. But at the same time, let's have the vision board. Let's see what success could look like let's assume if we carry out the right actions we we can achieve it like anyone else out there and on that basis let's work backwards to what's the most successful sort of um iterations or tasks or journeys to take in order to get the most likely successful outcome rather than going of course we could find something that'll stop us right now let's stop doing that but not to the cost of not analyzing enough to go is it to give it a bit of a measure of risk a critical analysis of which is the best path to choose use that business language speak to weight your options as to what to do it's critical path analysis it's i've got limited time and resources what do i do using the pareto rule of 80 20 what is the one that's going to lead to the most successful outcome by applying the 80 20 in what order to get us that we don't fall into this over negative risk assessment trap of not starting and that's that's the key because one of the problems is that most people create mountains they create these big obstacles they think they have to get over i mean and one of the things i i think that we've explored is do you have to be an expert because we hear all these experts are out there doing all these amazing wonderful things they're really on top of their profession but in reality you're just seeing a little smidgen of what they're actually doing. You're not seeing all the other things they have to do to try and get that little smidgen of stuff out there. So I actually, what about you just said something there is, are they really experts? Yeah. And um, what pop, I, and I'm, what I suddenly thought was, no, no, I'm claiming to be. No, and I think anyone that claims to be an expert isn't because if you have to claim and if you have to say it you nearly aren't because 
others should already recognise that, you know, your Jordan Peterson's the world. He's not going, I am an expert. He goes, my qualifications say that. Look on the tin. It says it on the tin. I'm an expert. I'm well qualified. I'm well versed. I'm well read. I lecture in these universities. I have a following. You would get the, you would get that from not never listening to me that I seem to be an expert based on the number of people listening and the number of people liking and commenting and acting on it. Now, we, I know you're an expert on, on, on editing and on filmmaking and all the rest of it, but it doesn't matter if we never had a successful film. That's just, there's 100 million euro films out there that went straight to the bottom because they, they, the, the value of spend it was not the same as the value of consumption and delivery. It's, you can spend as much as you want on something. You could have spent nothing and went viral and you're the expert now because you got the audience. You got in, you got in front and square, front and center. You got consumed and the experts are all floundering around out there going, I'm a digital marketing company. I'm a production company. They're not multimillionaires. They're barely able to get work together. They can't even do the very thing for themselves they're claiming to be expert in for their cluster for their customer. You you have to can you be the expert for yourself first and be the best case in point, depending on what the product is and service is, of course, and then people will notice by evidence that you are the expert. I think we shouldn't be saying we're the expert. We sh people should know from observation were the experts. I think that, that uh, that's a key point because one of the things I found is that um, if someone said to me, what are you? I kind of go, I'm not sure really. Uh, and the reason why I say I'm not sure because I haven't really thought about it. If you came along and uh, said- George, I would have answered- No, no, well, let, let's just finish yeah. that one because if you'd, if you'd come no, along I, and asked me- I'm going to finish my one for a second because someone asked me, I'm a bald 52-year-old Irish bloke. <laughs> we'll start there, right? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a bald 50-something Irish person. In fact, I don't think- it, The question yeah. is ambiguous. It I is. mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I'm male. You know, I'm tall, I'm Irish. Are you asking me? I'm mean, an expert in the job capacity. You need to, you better clarify your question. Yes. You know. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is that um, it, if if it's only when someone asks a specific question about how to solve a certain problem, I then can come up with a solution for it. If it happens to be like, for example, we were kind of going, "What? Well, we've got green backgrounds now. Maybe at the moment, the audience won't be able to see these green backgrounds because I've hidden them." But I'll suddenly come up with a solution of what images to put behind us and what other things to do so that, that audience won't even be able to get to see that. Likewise, with the sound, we're record we've got multiple microphones around us. We've changed our headphones to little earpieces. We've got I've got lights around me. You've got some lights around you. It's the sunlight, maybe. Uh, but what we're doing is we're finding that we're looking at things. I've brushed, I've brushed my hair and combed my teeth. Yeah, well, this you is know, easy. I mean, basically, <laughs> we're preparing for what might come out of our gobs. Yeah. And and we're hoping that it's 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 well there's what are we doing right now? There's the biggest problem it's, is that one of the fears that we, we I know that I would have had is that you know I knew I could do all this kind of stuff, but ha why would I sit in front of a camera and just yabber away? What would I have to talk about? But one of the benefits and we, and we mentioned in a previous show that collaboration what the benefit is now of having you as a collaborator and working together is that we can bounce off each other and generate ideas. And then we can get over that fear of actually being in front of the, the camera because all we're doing is simply having a conversation. The audience 
for, for you is me and for me is you. And we are just having a bit of a conversation. I did actually find it very strange in one of the videos that we, we did recently that I started talking about you, Garvin, to an audience. And I'm kind of going, I'm talking to a third person that I can't actually see and, and referring to you in the third person. And I'm kind of going, God, that's really kind of weird. I should have been actually directly saying, Garvin. Well, you know. look, that, that, I, I'm normally having a conversation with myself, me, myself, and I. I'm My father read me, I remember one time, I, I, I very rare, rarely talked to me, like when he tried to talk to me as a young lad. But he, one of my last memories of him, he was reading something out of a magazine. And he asked me these 10 questions. And he says, are, are you this? And I went, yeah, yeah, I'm And what do you think of this? And I, so-and-so and such-and-such. And, such. and then, what about this? And I said, that. And he says, ah, that makes an awful lot of sense. You're bipolar. And I go, and so it must have been a Woman's Way magazine or a horoscope page. But he was, the two of us arrived at what seemed logical. All the questions were logical questions. All the answers were reasonable. And if that was the sum of the parts and the output was... Now he can make sense of me after all these years as a son and going, ah, you're bipolar. That makes an awful lot of sense as a, of, of the shit I had up with for the last 30 years. Now it makes sense because we, I think an awful lot of us in our age profile weren't uh, diagnosed as ADHD or, you know, something else. Maybe we, were, we, we are on different spectrums or partial spectrums or, or undiagnosed something or others. I nearly know I am. I think I broke Myers-Briggs in the sense of I fit in every box equally and therefore it didn't, didn't teach me anything. And the same, my daughter, her, she went to this very, very, this, this career guidance teacher that is well sought out in this country and I think he carried out a mini Myers-Briggs test on her and she was hoping to get some sort of guidance as to which career she should choose when leaving school and the answer was ask her Jesus you're great at maths and the physics and, the, and all that sort of logical stuff and be Jesus too you're creative and all the other on the other side of the left hand or right hand side of your brain you can do anything you want which is nothing which is no guidance at all which has put the question and the answer right back with the 16 year old going well, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I came in here and I'm none the wiser now other than I can do anything well one of the things is I, I, the age group that I was teaching was the 16, 17 and 18 year olds and one of the problems that used to happen was that I would come in and they would sort of be at a computer and they'd be doing something they're playing a game or they'd be doing some something that they actually thought was naughty they thought they were doing something wrong. So when I came up and looked at them and says, oh, what are you up to? They, I actually didn't say that. I wouldn't. I just stood there and watched what they were doing. I was interested in what they were up to. And they would apologize profusely that they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing in the classroom. And I said, well, hang on, let's stop there a moment. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is it that interests you about the activity you're doing? And how does it? How can you see that it relates to the subject that I'm trying to teach you? And then, this swings back round yeah, to what you were saying. Non-direction in the classroom in 30 minutes, they'd manage to go from directed to self-directed learning. Yes, you know, if you were to, if you were to look at it, and now accelerating that forward, you're nearly telling people or our kids in the like. I talked to my daughter there like about 20 minutes ago, and she was saying, "I was going to this in the middle of summer. She was going. I was going to study now for for my next year, which is my final year, for to try and get ahead of it." And then she sort of realised, "Go, why am I trying to? This is the summer, the summer holidays. What, what little they are." Why, should, should I be studying and preparing for that? And I said, no, 
enjoy there's a cartoon out there called Phineas and Ferb and basically it's so many 102 days of summer and this is your summer your last summer of school because the next one if all goes well is you're now a third level student or you're out in the work environment enjoy this break enjoy this time read your fifth book in that scientific science fiction series you don't need to be doing a little pre-prep on your accountancy for next year because it's not relevant to this moment your learning is better served through those books and explorations of those things you're, 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 that are actually entertaining you and informing you and you're getting enjoyment out of. And that might give you a better training and affirmation as to what you should be choosing in that career path we're talking about. Because you don't need to go and put yourself into a silo in the future because we're still talking this language of what am I going to be when I grow up or what job do I have to choose? Because well, as soon as you choose that. it, it limits everything else. Yeah, let's think about that a little bit more because what most people are starting to think is what job should I be doing or how should I leave my life? The question they're really asking is am I pleasing mum and dad by actually doing this? And what and if I wanted to do the thing that I really liked doing, would they be, be would they be angry with me and would I upset them and or would I have let them down because I've chosen to do something? And that's usually what they're asking the question of. They know what they want to do. But they're actually frightened to no, tell them. No, I don't. I think, no, I think quite they don't. often. I, there's a bunch. Of, no, yeah. I do agree with you. I think there's, I think there's, there's some a, people. There's two, yeah, I think there's some people that know what some, they want to see, do. So we're, we're talking for 10 million students. Yeah, yeah. And there's some know, some don't. Some are artists. Some are piss artists. Some will never know. Including myself, but I think and I think the I think the expectation, know and they want to. It's all about this risk game yeah, again. It's yeah. back to going. I think. Do you want to take on risk? Take on no risk. Do you want to put yourself in a silo? Do you want to not know? Actually, enough of people don't want to know, and they're happy to find out and let it let it evolve. Others, being the risk averse ones, going. I want a job in the local supermarket for the eight quid an hour. And I'm, and I'm worried about the next step after that because I could do that for two years and I don't have to think. But I know I'll be getting 200 quid a week and I can, I can go to the local pub and I can do X, Y, and Z. And, but I, I was saying to my, my son starts going, uh, well, what's a Rolls Royce versus a ladder? It says, well, it's supermarket versus entrepreneur. It's, you know, it's, it's playing the game versus writing the game. Or it's... it's, be, it's, it's but let, let's think about that again. Do you want this future game? Yeah, I mean, one of the problems there that you've got is that what people are starting to think about, even if it's a ladder or, or, or a Lamborghini, okay, they're being asked to think about something that is well in the future, they're not thinking about the now of where they are, the skill sets they have now, and actually what they could enjoy about life now, you know, because they're, 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 they're already starting to worry about the future. And as soon as they get their degree, you know, they'd be worrying about getting a degree, whether it's relevant to getting a job. Then they start worrying about getting a mortgage and about which they have to spend the next 25 years paying off somehow. And then they're worrying about getting a pension sorted out. And then before they know it, they're worrying about how do I get a funeral sorted out so I can actually get myself buried so my kids don't they're always somewhere else they're never in the now they're never actually looking yeah, after I, the moments I know now the there, there again, again using my own extended family or my own son because the questions were coming from there going you know he's saying one sentence he's saying i need a couple of quid it's not much beyond the pocket money but beyond the pocket money for nothing versus a pocket money for something when you're starting to buy 70 pound playstation games on 500 game consoles that's not in my pocket money realm it's you gotta do something for that because there's so much work around so he's he, he wants a job in the local shop but the local shop jobs don't really exist anymore given what's currently going on but given something comes back and that timeline opens up again he realizes 
Uh, Saturday John will give him enough of what he wants for the moment while being what he is as a 16 year old in school now 16 year old in school there's multi-millionaire 16 year olds playing EA Sports and doing YouTube narration and we're putting this age profile onto well I'm not a multi-millionaire and I'm 50 years in and there's 13 year olds doing better so there's it's it's it can if they have it in them they, there's now new ways of doing things he could be writing songs and have it out there on TikTok in 15 minutes he could be he could be getting into championship EA sports and I let him have that little extra effort and get him to, to get him the double TV and he can then go I'm gay I'm not gaming I'm actually I'm actually practicing and but enjoying myself too and I may never get there but if I do there's a 50 grand you know, prize for your national event in this sport. This is now an Olympic sport in EA Sports. So there's new ways of doing things. His cousin has spent 10 years writing songs in the back room and now uh, for all the, the, all the effort has paid off in the pandemic because his pandemic song went viral and now he's a million downloads on Spotify and he has, an, he has a worldwide record deal. But everyone is saying it's a 10 year overnight something. It's not. He was consistently growing, consistently putting the effort in, never stopped, had the 50 quid playing at the, the pub at the bottom of the road, but with the aspiration of if, if the people in this pub like it, if I could reach the world, would they not like it too? Because the quality and the value of what we're delivering is a, is a quality something that represents yourself as an individual. And that's the measure we should be going by is, am I happy with this? Am I happy it represents us? Are they happy doing it, even if it's not great? I mean, you, then keep on doing it, enjoy. I may pay the bills, it may not, but... We we maybe we shouldn't be trying to put parameters of ending in. It's just do what you enjoy. If you need money, find a way, but don't put on all the risk and all the mental blocks anytime ever. Be that be that child till the day you die. <laughs> Absolutely, and then you suddenly stopped. <laughs> no, I think no, that I, I hit think, the mic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I think that's the key I thing. Too, I, I stopped too fast for you. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> just, just trying to trying to think and process all the information that you're actually talking about, which I think is quite useful. No, I think that's that's the key thing. It's is that we need to be able to enjoy our lives, and we need and and by doing the small things. They grow into big things, and that's what we tend to miss. And then we get worried about, is that the direction I should be going in? You kind of go, well, just enjoy where you are now. And we've, and it's the same thing that um, we as it, we were talking about this idea of directing and non-directing, and quite often parents tell their kids what they should do to try and have a life because they're trying to think about, well, what did they do and what did they do wrong or whatever. But in reality, what you should be doing is 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 respecting the person that you're that you're talking to, which happens to be your child on this occasion. In my situation, is the same. I know that one of my sons is actually looking at buying a house, and my and his mum is actually telling him what he should be looking for based on her experiences. Whereas what we should be saying is forget what we want, asking the questions: What would you like? Where would you like to go? And why would you like to go to those places? Then they actually, he started to open up and say, well, these are the things I actually wanted. This is the price range I've got, and this is how we're going towards it. That was his answer. That's what he wanted. He was starting to work on that, and all you had to do is support him in encouraging so he could actually achieve the aims that he was setting himself forward. He could see the risks. He could see the other. The last thing he wanted is to be told what to do by his mum and dad. 
And that's that's a very, and I think that's what happens with kids at school is they get told what they should be doing when in actual fact, they have other things they want to do. They're looking for affirmation. Or, or they yeah. don't know because there's, there's everything out there is so confusing and they're not being given the space to just chill out and discover for themselves where they'd like to go because they're not being given the opportunity to play around and do stuff. And gaming is is very important. We all play games not because it's practice the whole thing in life, is a game. isn't it? That, yeah. That's yeah. it. I think you were talking about before that if this, now this is a weird one to be bringing in, is this the ultimate simulation? You know, like, like this, George. Are in we actually in the game? <laughs> we're in the simulation. We are the ultimate sims. For three weeks we we've been trying to get to this one. <laughs> you tried? Like, we're going to go with it a little bit. We're going, it's the game of life. The, the, yeah. the whole point is, if you think, if you see Monopoly, you're going, that's a game of life and risk is a game of life. And, and those types of you know, we're trying to simplify it for people and like you know to, so they can consume it better and but it's not everybody's there's a billion sims each sim has a different role and different path if if one sim is not doing like you know a, a driver across the the arctic ice in these big trucks then someone else is not going to eat or that place can't be habitated or goods can't be delivered to it and the plane is not flying because no one is going in to be, be the in today's marketplace and in the sense of be the pilot there's there's all these roles that need filling in the machine of the game of life that are currently filled by the the, 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 the human sims as opposed to any ai version in the future so there's jobs there they pay different rates there's mundane ones there's hard labor ones there's an there's intelligent use your brain ones and there's ones that are just out there enjoying turning up in life and consuming all these bits and going in a plane he can drive and i'll go into the restaurant and he can cook uh, or she can cook and then i'll, I'll get to drive in and get my car i think, I think one of the problems that uh, we we have in this particular world is that whereas when we were younger there seemed to be fairly well-defined roles that we could actually fit ourselves in or if and we could choose not to fit in but in this world, this simulation, however you want to look at it, it, it's become so abstract that it's very hard to get your head around how what you're doing makes sense within that kind of system. And I think that's where a lot of youngsters, well, we're getting, I find I'm getting confused by that as well. And the youngsters are getting confused because they're kind of going, how do we get meaning? What, what, what is the real meaning of this when I'm being put into an abstract situation that I can't see the bigger picture? And in many cases, I can't see the little picture. So I don't really know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it for and what's the benefit. And then they can't no, even I see. Think, yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah. No, no, what's what's coming in now in my head is, you see, not everybody is actually pondering that. It's a bunch, like, if you thought of it that way, if everyone was having these, you know, thought processes, nobody would become a warehouse operatives. Nobody would be signing up to these more mundane jobs or go work in the local shop. They'd be going, no, why am I like captain of it? Even though they, as you said, they haven't earned it. They haven't learned it. They, they never could because they haven't gone through that process of what that job requirement is. And you can't be a surgeon if you went off and done your two times tables. It's, it, does, it has to add up. But depending on you're asking these questions, of yourself if you're asking them at all because I think most people 
they settled into like I'll never ask those questions because my place in life is I'm happy to be here. I went. I finished school well, at this I, age. I've, I didn't progress further. Taught, I don't have those expectations. I've taught two two thousand students, two thousand real live human beings, blood pumping around the the arteries and all that kind of stuff. Human beings, okay. And what I've discovered from that is that yes. They may not appear to be asking the questions, but when you gave them the opportunity to have a discussion and they actually didn't feel as though they were trying to perform for what the needs were, but they just got into talking, you suddenly discover that each one of them does actually have an aspiration. Not necessarily in the beginning. Some are a bit slower than others, but you do find that like my sons do it and it's not just because of me. My, my students have done it. I, I am now finding people in our age group when you actually give them the space to open up and do the little pub talk, you suddenly start to realise that there's a lot of things going on under, underneath the hood that most people never... No, no, they here, never got here's the why I agree about. with yeah. you again. I, I do. It's... We keep on... When I say there's people that have stopped and accepted. Now, if you could wake them back up out of slumber and ask them was this the original aspiration? They might go back and say, no, before I knew any better, and when I was younger and, and with my childlike vision, I saw myself doing something else. But what they put on was the clothes and, and, uh, and the chains of what happened for the next bunch of years and they didn't finish education or they got pregnant out of wedlock or, or younger or whatever And that's age. just the fellas. They didn't get to go to college. Say again? That's just the fellas. <laughs> No, that's what's exactly. But no, it's it's. Then you stop. I mean, I same thing. You know, because I became an accountant, I've done twenty years of accountancy. I never contemplated doing film production, because how the hell does that enter into that field of vision if you're an accountant in a telecommunication company carrying out a role of financial planning and analysis? It just, and then you go home and you're tired. It's never going to come back into vision unless I'm writing screenplays at night as a hobby, which some people might be. But if you just said we could all stop and there are no rules and we could all what that's, or go back to factory settings, then... Would everybody wake back up and I would a matrix, I would just this clouded um, life of what happened and go, if I could restart and I could apply myself this time, what would I do different? What, what, what does that vision look like? And what, what can I start doing now to maybe go some way towards that vision and reinvigor the passions in, in your life in a little way? And that's where people have hobbyist drama classes and go out there. They're not expecting to be an actor on the world stage. They're just going, but they can be an actor in the community hall. And they have that affirmation and the audience they want, which is their family and friends. And that's and, enough. And I and think in those situations, those people, I mean, I, I've been speaking to people that have had very long careers as amateur dramatists or singers or you know in the and they they've they've had some really rich experiences that you wouldn't have even thought of but they had the dream wasn't to suddenly become a big star they just did what they would do you know they just sang and it and it brought 
d additional opportunities. They weren't worrying about the future. There are other people that have, have found that because of life circumstances, they've been oppressed or they've been prevented from you know having those kind of what they think are opportunities, but they haven't necessarily realized that they could create their own opportunities just by moving at a slightly different angle to sort of look at things. The other difficulty is, is quite often... You know, we live through our life and we think that once we've started doing what we were doing at school, that that's the only thing that we can actually do. And I think the main thing is to realize that as you go through different stages of life, there are other opportunities that can open up to you. I've had two careers already. This is my third career that I'm going into. It just so happens I've I've managed to keep the filmmaking. Yeah, if theme I hadn't into said that there. word, yeah. I don't. I, I, there would have been no th at all. It will be a third career, which is a shit career. And no, no, as in the Irish th, but. I'm going to swing it back around to the beginning of this uh, podcast and remember what we started on, which is the journey from, you know, directed learning to self-directed learning. Mm -hmm. And what's, if we come to the end now, we're saying that should be a continuous feedback loop from school to third level to life to living to get and then to find in these that has educated you in life. Then once you start becoming self-aware like you, know, you suddenly realise, I can. What would I like to learn now? Is it digital camera work? Is it is it a little bit of amateur dramatics? Is it how to play the banjo? It doesn't matter. It's to step back and go. It's time now to learn and pick what you want to learn because it's not going to be learning. It's going to be enjoyment. It's going to be. It's going to be your, the real the real thing because you found it. The rest was self was not necessarily self inflicted. It was inflicted upon. And now it's time to recognize what it is, you know, would give you personally the most value in, if, if it never went any further than where you are now. And I think that's where we are now. We're, we're in that position where we've taken control of our lives and we're now directing ourselves on the journey that we would like to. It may not go where we expect it to be, but we're actually going to enjoy the process and we'll learn from that. And it'll adapt to wherever we find ourselves actually going. So I think we've come to the end of this podcast again. It's amazing how quickly they kind of flow through. So thanks for listening, folks. And we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast of George and Garvin That's in the it. Room. Keep on learning. <laughs> See you soon. Bye for now. Do what it says on the tin. Follow and share.